I'm his daughter. And I think as adults, we forget that sometimes. We forget that we are so loved. He's the same God that when we were little children, if someone told us Jesus loves you, that just warmed our hearts, you know? That really meant something. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me on, Yvette. Well, so I always have to have full disclosure when I know someone, I always want to let the the listeners know. So Lindsay and I worked together at a newspaper in Oklahoma City. It seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And I, I reported directly to Yvette. She was my boss. She was my <laughs> second boss as a professional journalist. And I think I was about 23 at the time and I was just a ball full of energy. So poor, poor Yvette. No, no, no. But we were just talking about this. Yes, she was, but so happy. I mean, just so pleasant. It was always, it was, you were great to work with. It was just, everything was going to be a great day when you were around. No, that's so true. Well, thank you. And you were always extremely pleasant too. And I remember when you started at that newspaper, how excited everyone was that you were coming. It was like, I just remember there was all this excitement and you were just a breath of fresh air to that newsroom. Wow. I never knew that. <laughs> when, oh, I remember people were very excited. And I think I wasn't there very long after you started, but I think you fulfilled and surpassed their expectations. Well, thank you. But you were right. We didn't get a chance to work together for very long. And I checked the last um, like Facebook message we had to each other was back in 2008. And you wow. had moved to Houston. So there's, a, you know, you've moved around a lot. I, you know, I remember your then fiance and then you got married. And I, you know, I've always been happy to see that you had such a great life. And now we're talking because you have a new book out, a devotional for young women. Yeah, and I, and I always thought, just kind of thinking back, that you have a lot to share with young women, and just you know, even just your outlook. However, you've had a very interesting life, and certainly the just the last few years that I think go into even um, what you can give to young women and young and young men too, because you have two boys. So before okay. we get started with all that. Let's talk about um, just a little bit about you and your family and also your faith walk and what that looks like. Sure. So I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
and um, grew up in the church, was very fortunate to be raised in a Christian family. They put me in Christian school. Yvette, I never attended public school, which is crazy. Um, Looking back, I'm kind of like, it would have been nice to have had like one or two years out of the bubble. (laughs) but uh, I am grateful because I know they really wanted me in a godly environment. Um, But I'll be honest, I didn't really come to a personal relationship with Christ until I was 14. So even though I was in the church two or three times a week and um, in a Christian school, going to chapel at the school, it was when I was 14 that I really felt like God was telling me, you're either going to make a decision to live in darkness or in light. Because I think we all really come to that crossroads in our faith where it's personal to us and not just our parents' faith, if you were raised in a Christian home, but that moment where God's like, okay, do you want to live for me? Or do you want to just keep faking it till you make it? You know, following the act, the the Christian faith that your parents have. So at 14, and, and I know the exact day, it was April 15th, uh, tax day, 1998, um, was when I really had a moment with God in my bedroom in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and said, Lord, I want, I surrender to you and I want to serve you all my days. So since that time, I, I will be honest, like I, as a teenager, was really just such a joy-filled person. Um, I went on, I was fortunate to be at a youth group that I got to go on mission trips every summer and we went on a couple in the U S and then we went on, uh, one to the Philippines and one to Cameroon. And it was on the last three of those four mission trips that I met my future husband. So we were friends from the age of fifth, I think 14 and 15 or 15 and 16, somewhere around there. Um, So anyway, the story of how we got together is a whole nother podcast, but needless to say, it was neat that God connected us from a young age through serving him. That's so lovely. That's wonderful. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. And you said joy filled as a girl, as a young girl. Of course, when I knew you, you were not, you were, you were older than a young girl, but I think you still had a lot of that with mm-hmm. you. And, and that's certainly how I remember you. And um, I, I remember, I think the optimism that you had uh, both in your job and your life. And it didn't surprise me that, uh, and I didn't know how you met Devin, but um, it didn't surprise me that you met someone amazing. And I was sorry, certainly, and I think we all were sorry to, to, to have you go from the paper, but we knew that it was going to be a, a great life. And then along the way, you you have two wonderful sons. And um, did, you, did you think you'd always, you know, have two boys? Did you think you'd have any little girls? Uh, I don't know. I think I knew that I was going to have at least one son. Um, Pretty early on in our marriage, I remember Devin and I having a conversation and saying, we're going to have a boy and his name will be Luke. 
So we both we both just love the name Luke and we love meaning behind names and Luke means light in the darkness. Um, and so we knew we would have at least one son. Um, I never really had my heart. I have some friends who have their hearts set on having little girls and I was never a really girly girl. And to be honest, Eva, I like being the only girl. I like being the princess or the queen of the family. (laughs) So I'm totally okay with uh, just having little boys. But now you have a new devotional called Calling All Princesses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I do love girls. And this book, um, I started it when I was about 18 years old. So I was coming out of my teenage years. And I really started thinking about what do girls need to become devoted followers of Christ? And, you know, it's as followers of Christ, we know that we are sons and daughters of God and what a wonderful title that is. And that means that all of us who are women or girls are princesses because we're daughters of that King. And so the full title of the book is calling all princess princesses growing up as a daughter of the King. And, um, so the reason it took me 20 years to publish this is that life just got in the way. Um, and a little bit later, I'll, I'll uh, share more about why it was important for me to finish it in this season. But most of it was written in my you know, 18, 19, early 20s. And it goes through 10 different characteristics that young women need to develop a godly character, like nobility, self-confidence. Um, I talk about waiting on Prince Charming and how, you know, not everybody is going to have a Prince Charming because I think there has been a lot of focus on that through the Disney princesses over the years Um, and how to have our hearts in the right posture and not make that our sole focus. Mm. So we chatted a little bit earlier and you, you gave me some some really good insight into what God is doing in your life now. And of course, we know that the devotional is there. And you you call yourself um, that you've, you've, you've been on rocky ground and thorny ground, but you're in good soil right now. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah. So uh, if you're familiar with the parable of the seed and the sower, um, I'll just read it because I have it pulled up here. It's in Matthew 13, 19 through 23. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. That is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall quickly away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So I think we've all had seasons in life where we've been the different types of ground, where at times we have allowed the pleasures of the world to choke 
the root away, where we've allowed the deceitfulness of wealth to choke it away. And I certainly, you know, like most of us have had those seasons where I've been serving the Lord, but my focus has been elsewhere. And also, I think just the trials and tribulations that all of us have gone through during COVID have really tested our faith because, my goodness, none of us in 2019 could have foreseen that we were going to go through a global pandemic and that there would be, you know, this heated debate politically and among Christians, you know, just all of the craziness that we have seen uh, in our world, both online and in person. So I think it's really tested a lot of our faiths. So me personally, 2020 and 2021 have been the craziest years of my life. And some of the listeners may be able to say that as well, but um, I'll just share kind of what happened. Um, I was pregnant with our second son in 2020, and he was born on March 18th, 2020. So if you can think back to um, that week was spring break, at least here in Oklahoma for, um, you know, the schools. And that was when everything was starting to shut down. That was the second day that hospitals stopped allowing visitors, and that was the day of our first COVID death in Tulsa County. So in a way, I'm like, okay, Lord, you gave us the life of Jude, um, you know, and sadly, the first person died of COVID in our county that day. Um, And so it was just a very, a very tumultuous time to have a baby. We didn't really know what was going to happen. You could tell even the hospital staff was really on edge. Um, So the one thing I'll say I was really grateful for is that our hospital room was the cleanest you've ever seen a hospital room. They had the housekeeping staff (laughs) scouring that place and they kept all those babies and the mamas far away from any COVID patients. So um, we came home and we had a, a good adjustment Um, except for my three-year-old son, we were relying on the fact that he was going to be in his daycare on the weekdays when I was going to be home with the newborn. And three days after Jude was born, the daycare announced, oh, we've got to close. (laughs) So, you know, God even did something in that, um, in that one of his daycare teachers, who is a single mother, she was going to be without work during that time, the daycare wasn't able to pay their workers. And we said, could you come over for a few hours a day? You can bring your son, whatever you need to do. And we'll pay you to just to hang out with our three-year-old. So um, it was amazing how everything came together and she was a huge blessing to us. Um, and so, that's such a, in a way, that's such a relief because even if they were open, remained open and, you know, were taking precautions, you I can't imagine you would be so worried about just having him out there, particularly as we got more news reports. Because at the time, we didn't really know. And I know exactly that week, because as you said, spring break. And, you know, we, you know, we, knew, we knew at some point we were coming back, because as you know, I work at a university. So I can only imagine you as a mom of a young child and a newborn. I mean, they're everything to you. So even if you had had the opportunity of having them out in the daycare, I I don't know what that would have been like for you. Exactly. And I will say when the daycare reopened, I believe it was June of 2020 at that point. And that was a hard decision of, should we send him back? 
And um, ultimately, we decided to, but their numbers were so low as far as the number of kids that parents chose to send their children back that we were like, okay, there's two or three kids that he's around every day. I think he's going to hopefully be all right. And he was. Um, But yeah, it was a weird time. On top of all that, my husband is a healthcare provider um, and he is internal medicine. So the majority of his patients are older and have a number of health conditions. So we were being extremely precautious because heaven forbid one of us contract COVID and give it to a 90 year old patient of his. Um, so it was kind of a lonely time to be honest, because with, when my first son was born in 2016, we had all these friends come over and meet the baby and all that. And this time people did bring us meals, bless my friends and bless my family. But they were dropping them off at the front porch and we were waving to them, you know? So it was, we were so grateful that they still did that, but it was a little bit of a lonely time. And I think it that was for all of us. We were all just getting used to uh, social distancing and doing more things online. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I did return to work and I work, I'm not a frontline healthcare worker, but I work in healthcare now. So I had to go back to work right away when my maternity leave was over in June of 2020. And it was a stressful time to return to any job, but especially in healthcare where, you know, we were all so worried, is our next patient going to give us COVID and shut down operations for the next couple of weeks? Um, So it was just a stressful time to return to work and to have your newborn baby going to daycare for the first time and all of that. so that kind of sums up my 2020. And I, I kind of thought, well, 2021, you know, we were all kind of like 2021 is going to be better. And uh, we were I all remember, very hopeful. I remember that New Year's Eve. We, we jinxed it, didn't we? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I think for many people like me, 2021 was uh, a little bit more of a setback. So it was even more of an unpredictable year for us. And little Jude uh, caught every childhood illness in existence. And I've, I've talked to many pediatricians over the last year. And kind of what we saw in 2021 was all these babies who had not been around each other at all because of, you know, COVID and everything being shut down. And then once they all got together, their immune systems just went haywire. So roseola, hand, foot, mouth, ear infections. I mean, he got everything that you can imagine. And sometimes he got it two or three times. So I was missing so much work. I'm sure that they just thought, you know, she's wants to play hooky, but genuinely I had such a sick child and it was a stressful time. So then the next unexpected thing that happened was, um, well, let me just tell you, we were not, after our second child, we were like, we're done. We're good. You know, two children is good for us, especially with COVID going on. There was just too much craziness in the world to even think about having another child. So July, 2021, I discovered that I was pregnant with our third child. And it was one of those, it was definitely the most shocking moment of my life because I I didn't even think I needed to take a pregnancy test. And my husband was like, oh, you're about a week late. And he's a healthcare provider. So he's like, you should probably go ahead and take one. So I did it just to appease him. 
(laughs) (laughs) And, um, I was completely shocked. Um, I was overjoyed once I processed the shocked emotion and, um, my husband was so overjoyed. I mean, I thought this man's going to lose his mind. He's been through enough as a healthcare provider during COVID, but he was so overjoyed. And, um, but it was a lot of emotions summer of 2021. Then about one week after finding out I was pregnant, I was turning left at a intersection and a car hit me going about 50 miles an hour while I was turning left. So she ran right into my door and the door behind me. She completely T-boned you. Completely T-boned. I saw it. I saw her coming, but there was no way for me to stop it from happening. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, the children were not in the car with me. Uh, My car was totaled. Uh, I did not lose the baby, uh, but I remember when I saw her coming to hit me, all I could think was the baby, the baby. And then <laughs> they ended up calling like Emsa and firefighters. And all I just kept telling them was I'm pregnant. I mean, I was like hysterical because just the shock of like, I'm newly pregnant. This is, yeah. I'm re- really worried about this. Um, my OB checked me and he said, it's so early on, but everything's looking good and all that. Well, about another month went by and on August 20th uh, of 2021, we found out that I did have a miscarriage. So um, it was it was definitely the biggest tragedy that I personally have experienced because even though I only knew I was pregnant for about six weeks, that child was very real to me. And when you have other children you start picturing that unborn child as a five-year-old or as, you know, a toddler. Um, you start wondering, is it a boy or a girl? You start thinking all those things that, that mothers think. Um, there's something medically that not a lot of people talk about, and that is a missed miscarriage. And that is what I experienced. And that's when your body, you don't bleed. Nothing happens to indicate to you physically that you have had a miscarriage. So if they hadn't gone in and done um, an ultrasound, I may have gone weeks without realizing what had happened. When this happens, usually OBs recommend that you try to pass the miscarriage naturally um, because you know natural is usually better and you save money. I mean, all those things. So I waited five and a half weeks and it was the hardest five and a half weeks of my life. I didn't talk to it about, I didn't talk about it with anyone at work because I was just trying to survive just one day at a time. I couldn't even bear to talk to it. You know, it was like, I'm just showing up for my job. Um, one of those situations. And, um, Finally, after five and a half weeks, my OB recommended that we do a procedure to um, process the miscarriage. So that took place at the end of September. And the rest of 2021 was just really a time of healing for me and processing all the emotions of just the chaos that had ensued in my life in the last two years. And I think, Yvette, we go through these seasons 
of occasionally we do have chaos in our lives where it's like one thing after another and life is a roller coaster. And to be honest, most of my life has been pretty calm and really great. And I'm so grateful to have been raised in a pretty calm family. But those two years were insane. And I really felt like God saying, this is the end, you know, a new season is coming. And so I pursued counseling. I have an amazing counselor who's helped me. Um, I talked with lots of friends about what I had gone through. My husband has been an amazing support. But I do want to say miscarriages are really difficult. And it's only now um, that we're in the spring of 2022 that I feel like I'm at a point. This is the first time that I've really talked about it publicly and that I feel like I'm at a healthy place to be able to do so. And I thank you so much for sharing this with me and in, in, in certainly in this platform. Um, this is a hard question, but were you able to find out the gender of the baby? No, I was only about nine weeks along. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I didn't know that information. Okay. So, Yeah. Yeah. So in the middle of this, so I asked you a question previous to, to this. This is a very chaotic time. It's, like you said, lots of emotions. But where did you see God's love in this time? I felt so surrounded during this time, not just personally. I mean, I really, I was more emotional than I've ever been, but I felt like God just telling me over and over again, I love you. You're my daughter. And just reminding me that I'm his daughter. And I think as adults, we forget that sometimes. We forget that we are so loved. He's the same God that when we were little children, we just if someone told us Jesus loves you, we just, that just warmed our hearts, you know, that really meant something. But I really felt him telling me, I love you. I'm here with you. I felt his presence through this tragedy. And I also felt his love through other people because it wasn't, it was, I mean, I had friends that every single day were checking on me. And that meant so much who would just randomly drop off a meal or randomly drop off a card. Um, And so I think God really used other people to show me his love during that season as well. So you had a project that you started when you were a teenager. You'd be thinking about it. Now this happens and you come to realize perhaps more than ever that you are a daughter of the king. Something had to make you say, this is the time to finish this book. Yeah. So, you know, we hear, we've all heard that phrase that your greatest testimony will come out of your greatest test. And so far, my greatest test is what I went through in 2021. And as I was ending last year, I just thought, it's time. It's time to do this thing that I've like been putting off for so long. I've been saying I'm too busy. I don't have time for this. Um, and in a way, I really thought 
this is going to be my baby of 2022 because I was due that baby would have been born in March of 2022. And I just decided, you know what, Lord, I'm going to finish this work that you told me to start 20 years ago. I'm going to finish it. So uh, as you know, there are so many options with publishing now that anybody can be an author. And fortunately, we have backgrounds in journalism. So maybe for us, it might come a little more naturally than than others because we we kind of know how to put together a story and all that. Um, so for me, it was just a matter of marking out my time and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this five hours a week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but really that I was so close to the finish line. I just needed to sprint it in and finish this book. So I did publish Calling All Princesses in January. And um, it's just such a great feeling to have it finished and getting it in the hands of young ladies. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is. Um, I think it's funny that you have two boys, though. And you write a book about girls. (laughs) Yep. And some people have asked me, is Calling All Princes going to be your next book? And I I said, well, let me raise these boys. Give me like 15 years and get them through, you know, let me figure out how to call all princes because I lived how to be a, become a princess, but I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out from the boys end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's wonderful. Um, so as, People are listening to this and maybe mothers and aunts, you know, thinking about "Mm, maybe I'll get this for my daughter or for my niece or whatever. Um, What can they expect with this devotional? So I go through 10 different godly character traits and uh, just talk about what that looks like. How can we develop that in our lives? And I give examples uh, of women in the Bible. And I give some examples of modern day princesses like Princess Diana and even women who weren't royal princesses, but like Mother Teresa, who lived her such a life of compassion and service to others. So what I really want young girls to take away is some examples of people they can look up to and some takeaways of how they can apply those lessons to their lives. So the end of every chapter has a little application section. And I ask questions um, like I'm looking at, I have a chapter about manipulation because I was sometimes a little manipulator when I was a little girl trying to get my daddy to give me money. And, you know, um, so I ask, what are some of the desires you have right now that might not be God desires? Will you pray with me now to ask that God would help us to lay down those desires for something better, his desires? So I really um, want them to think about, are they living in a way that pleases the Lord? And how can we develop those positive godly traits in them? Wonderful. And also you're working on a U version of app of the, of the book. Yeah. So if you know version, it's just such an amazing, I, I attend Life Church, and I'm just so amazed at all that God has done through that app um, that Life Church started. A while, it's been, I think, a couple decades. 
And um, so I figured it'd be a, a very good way to get the information in girls' hands. Just, you know, a little 10-day talking about each one of the traits. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a, a short synopsis of what's in the book. That's good. Do you know, you have any kind of timeline on that? Oh, I hope it will be done by the end of this year. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. And so princesses, maybe princes down the line, but warrior women, tell us about your, maybe what your next project will be. Yeah. So that's kind of what's on my heart now is um, just thinking about the concept of God has made women to be warriors. And you think about like Deborah in the Bible, she was a prophetess um, and she was one of the judges. She was the only female judge that is discussed in the Bible. And she goes to war. I mean, she was right out there on the battlefield. And then uh, my favorite character from the Lord of the Rings, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, uh, was Eowyn. And she kind of had a crush on Aragorn, Aragorn, who was, you know, like the big guy. If you watch the movies, he was not a hobbit by any means. He was a big man and he didn't like her back, but they were going to war and she felt like I need to be out there. And he wouldn't let her go out on the battlefield. So she dressed up as a man and she went out and she fought. And then even like Mulan, you know, uh, (laughs) if you've seen Mulan did the same kind of thing that they had to disguise themselves as men. But, you know, modern day warriors that were meant to fight as women, uh, were meant to fight through prayer, um, and were meant to fight for God's kingdom. Love that. And especially love that, you know, the women fighting through intercession, through prayer. That is so awesome. Yeah. Um, which is which is a very serious way to fight. It doesn't have to be, you know, just violence. And of course it shouldn't be violence, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I would prefer there not be any blood when I fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah most definitely. Most definitely. Well, Lindsay, uh, how can we find the book and how can we find you on social media and connect with you? Sure. So you can go to Amazon and just search for Calling All Princesses is the easiest way. It has a really pretty pink cover with the crown. You can't miss it. And you can also follow me on uh, Instagram at calling underscore all underscore princesses. I had to throw some underscores in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's on Facebook also. Just type in calling all princesses on Facebook. So I would love to connect with you. I'm kind of pulling out snippets from the book and posting them on social media. And I also have a blog that I keep up at Whispers of Encouragement dot wordpress.com all right thank you so much thank you for sharing everything that you've gone through from 2020 to today um gosh i'm so thankful that uh what has what has happened in a way birthed this book because this book needed to come out um but i'm so happy for you with your family and i just thank god that he gave you the fortitude and and the peace to be able to to deal with everything that you went through. So so happy Thank for you. Thank you, Yvette. Thank you, Yvette. Thank you for having me on and, and letting me share my story. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. 
Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. And go to amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, my book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop. Shop.